There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Bell and Sebastian released their first album, Tiger Milk, in 1996, and they've released eight more since then, including The Boy with the Arab Strap. What did you learn from your time in the solitary cell of your mind? There was noise, the distraction, Fold your hands, child, you walk like a peasant. But it's best to finish as it started. And dear catastrophe waitress. I'd rather be in Tokyo. I'd rather listen to Thin Lesbio. And watch the Sunday gang in Hirajuku. There's something wrong with me. I'm a cuckoo. This catalog, rife with buoyant melodies and hyperverbal lyrics, helped define the sound of rock and indie in the new millennium. And Bell and Sebastian hasn't stopped evolving. Their new album, A Bit of Previous, is out this week, and it continues to refine their unique sound while also exploring new musical directions. We spoke to Stuart Murdoch, leader of the seven-piece band hailing from Glasgow, Scotland, about their latest project. Stuart Murdoch, thank you so much for joining us here on Switched on Pop. It's a pleasure. I wanted to start by listening to and talking about the song that kicks off the new Bell and Sebastian record a bit of previous. It's called Young and Stupid. Does Young and Stupid represent any larger themes that you're exploring on this album, Stuart? Well, first of all, there are there are no themes in Bell and Sebastian Records. There's no themes, schemes, plans. We we never tend to plan anything in advance. Songs come individually and we give the song always we give the song precedent mm. and that's the most most important mm. thing. So sometimes sometimes a theme might occur. It might seem like there's a theme uh, afterwards. You might see something and actually you're probably in a, a better position than than I am to see if there's a theme, but it's it's kind of accidental. But this song, probably what you're hinting at is that we're we're looking back on this record and and we're not really we're, we're there's too much going on yeah. i've got two young kids there's too much going on in our in our present lives to to be looking back so much you, you even maybe reference that in in the lyrics of this track now we're old with creaking bones 
that some alone, some with kids and some with dogs, getting through the nightly slog. Some with kids, some with dogs, getting through the nightly slog. What does being young and stupid represent then in the world of this song? Well, being young and stupid is is a mindset of everything before responsibility. And we thought things were really bad. We thought things were difficult. And actually, the things weren't ideal. I I remember, I'm talking about, like, for me, the period of 85 to 90, Mm. which I call my halcyon days, where I, I seemed to have endless energy. And I was trying new things out. And I was failing university many times, but trying new jobs and, you know, working in music and running marathons, having all that energy, but not having the wisdom to really know what to do with it. Mm. I, I love the notion of being able to be lost in your own city. You, you, you'll you never get lost again because you know your own city too well. But when you were younger, you were always getting lost. But that was the, that was the fun part is like uh, discovering things, finding your way back. So youth is uh, energy without wisdom. And then old, <laughs> older age is uh, wisdom without energy. It's a direct swap. I, I have a, a a Buddhist teacher who's always saying, I see you all going to the gym. I see you all training, looking after your bodies, being meticulous about what you put in your in, in your body, says him sipping a, a beer. But, um, you know, you're all, you're all being so fussy. Everybody's going to fall apart. Your bodies are going to fall apart. Everyone is going to fall apart eventually. Everybody's going to get old. Look after your mind. Mm. I mean, by all means, look after your body because it encases your mind. But, but look after your mind. Try and go forward. Train your mind to you know to have a, a positive outlook. This this song does uh, keep my mind occupied, not just for its lyrical joys, but for some rhythmic ambiguity in in the chorus that I find keeps me on my toes. Let's listen to that. Young and stupid keeps us warm at night. All our young and stupid makes us feel delight. We were young and stupid, makes you feel regret when you're young and stupid. When I listen to that chorus, I find that the the downbeat, this the start of each measure doesn't always occur where I expect it. I'm curious if that was a conscious compositional choice or something that <laughs> emerged intuitively. Yeah, it always just tumbles out. I mean, I'm glad we're talking about rhythmic ambiguities. You're the first person I've done. I've done. I've actually done quite a lot of interviews about this this record. You're the first one even to talk about rhythm, which is nice. Rhythm is important um, in in music, obviously. Uh, and it's super important when it comes to LPs and it's super important coming to live because because the way that you put a satisfying LP together is you, you vary the rhythms. That's what that's what makes mm. the playlist good is when you change the right, rhythm, right. Uh, rhythm and tempo. This is one of a number of uh, songs on the record that because of lockdown, because Richard the drummer and some of the other band couldn't get in all the time, you know, they're looking after the kids. I actually programmed the, the drums on this with, the, with our engineer Brian and... So that might, it's almost like, it's almost like it's me playing the drums. Mm. So I think maybe if the, the songwriter is, is directing the rhythm, maybe it comes across a bit strange. Mm. And uh, that that's what I wanted. So, but I counted the, the notes in the bar there. I don't think there's any 
I don't think we ever go to six four. I don't think there's any half bars. It's still like a four four. It just as you say, the beats fall in in an unusual place. The beats fall in an unusual place. It loops in a set of of three measures rather than you know two or four, which is kind of unusual. And then I I I did. There, there's one moment where in in the I think in the final appearance of the chorus, the there is a measure an extra measure of two. There you go. So, wow. So well, so I, I'm good analysis. <laughs> I spent I, I spent that's how I spent my morning. I I, I detect some. Uh, some energy without wisdom in the creation of that of that <laughs> drum groove, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's grand because, uh, I mean, you know, I'm in this song. I am hinting at looking back and saying it was is a lot of fun, and I do have these golden thoughts of Halcyon days. But mm. that's because partly because I'm an artist and a writer, and I and I have to think about the past as being a golden place, or else I would have nothing to write about. <laughs> that's just the way I look at yeah. it. That's but. I'm having a good time now. Uh, I love making records. Mm. I love playing in our band. So there, there is an abandon when you go mm. in to do music. I think especially as a singer, you're you're allowed to be the free radical in in the band. You know, you can just when you're on stage, you're you, you feel like you're floating in between all the band members, and it's a childlike thing. Mm. So it is it is in a sense it is energy without wisdom and that's fine there, there are even more surprises on this on this particular track the bridge section or, or perhaps an instrumental interlude if we want to call it that that uh we we had a little taste of earlier is a, a very striking moment in this in this song that you expect a, a bridge like that to last for a few seconds but this quickly blossoms into a, a miniature concerto what <laughs> what are some of the instruments we're hearing there and and what were behind some of those those instrumental choices it always starts with top line it's a fundamental part of the mm. song that's where it went and often you know sarah is my my foil she's maybe the first person i go to when i'm looking for another voice yeah. and so obviously sarah's singing the the top line melody there we have the little trumpet mm. coming in at the end i think the trumpet and then the, once you've got an instrument in there you, you probably should keep it in till the end so it it has a few notes towards the mm. end is there perhaps a, a melodica or an accordion there so I think it's a I think it's a keyboard. I think that's Chris on keyboard, yeah. and he's maybe playing a reedy, mm. a, a reedy sort of pad mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is quite like an accordion. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is that we 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 um, are a little bit scared to bring a real accordion into the studio because Richard, our drummer, his dad and his grandparents they sold accordions uh, all over Scotland. <laughs> that that they they were um, they had a large music shop and his whole upbringing was accordion music and carrying accordions around. He's got a phobia against accordion. <laughs> He's got, and it's the one instrument that uh, that he will not abide. 
Yeah, that's that's hysterical and and sounds very very yeah. serious. I don't I don't know if that's in the <laughs> the DSM yet, accordion phobia, but it should be. Yeah. I'm sure he's not the only one. Let's listen to another song from this new release, a bit of previous. This is unnecessary drama. Another unexpected instrumental timbre to kick off this song. The one that sticks out to me is the harmonica, which is not being used in a way I usually think of a harmonica. It almost sounds like an, a screaming electric guitar. What? How did that? How did the intro, the opening of this track, come together? It sounds like a screaming electric guitar because it's, the harmonica is played by our screaming electric guitarist, <laughs> Stevie Jackson. But he's a man of many talents. Yeah. So this the, the sound of this record was very much sculpted by uh, Bob Colday, the other guitarist in our group. So this is his song. Mm. And uh, so musically, he had a blueprint for this song. He even had the title, <laughs> Unnecessary Drama. And he asked me to, to write the words for it. But he very much had the instrumentation and the plan for it. And the it was almost like a the sort of last minute thing was like, okay, Stevie, now I want you to play harmonica. Huh. I, I want you to play it all over it. And, you know, I want you to play it like a, a fast train or something, yeah. you know. Um, and that was the, yeah, that's the real color on this track. It's also It also provides one of the more entertaining moments in the music video for this song which dramatizes a therapy session that bell and sebastian the band is having and there's a moment when stevie is is forced by the therapist to hand over his harmonica (laughs) which i just could i I just found as someone who's played in a lot of bands i just found that so relatable (laughs) he's a little bit like that in real life when he gets you know, we we had to ban guitars on the, the <laughs> on the the band bus, you know, and things like that. But yeah, he gets hold of his harmonic. He's very fond of it. Let's listen to the chorus of Unnecessary Drama. The song rocks. I think is a perhaps a technical term I can drop here. I'm curious like how you hear this song fitting into the album as a whole. You 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 said earlier you have no uh theme schemes or plans. And so when you're putting this album together, how do you decide well this this song is providing a lot of this high octane energy. How does this fit into the overall aesthetic? Quite frankly, this would in a sense this would have been the easiest song to leave off the record maybe because it is so out there it's quite it's quite a lot more up than than most mm. of the other songs but then it was quite clear from the start that when the the record company and our manager heard the song this was a real favorite mm. of this so there's no way that we were leaving it off right so you just you kind of stick it in the stick it in the middle and we <laughs> i still think about you know when i'm um sequencing the record and the, the band allow me that privilege to sequence the record i still think about it as two as a single platter, two two sides of a mm, vinyl. Right, right. I think six and six tracks. Is even you know even on the if you listen to the CD or even the the streamed mm-hmm. version, there's an extra gap uh, before this track. 
because it's the first song on the second side. So it's it's it it definitely cleanses the palate. Right, right. It's, uh, you know, it's it's leaping into the. It's like you know the start of a Stones record or maybe the Queen is Dead by the Smiths. It's quite uh, or or Big Mouse Strikes Again. You know, the start of a a significant site, mm. and it's it's meant to sort of launch it. I love that because there's that feeling of of anticipation when you're listening to a record for the first time and you flip it over and you're and you're wondering what's going to start the the set the the other side of this record, and so you're recreating some of that tension in a medium that's can't necessarily capture that same physical sensation. I think we we might have even in the past gone to the extent of actually putting the sound of the you know the needle going to the end <laughs> and then that 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 was maybe going a bit too far. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's listen to another song from the new Bell and Sebastian release. A bit of previous. This is called If They're Shooting at You. If they're shooting at you, kid, you must be doing something right. Right, 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 right. If they're shooting at you, you must be doing something right. That's a really remarkable turn of phrase i'm curious where where that emerged from so it's lifted it is actually lifted from a, a, a tv show that you probably have heard of it's called the west wing sure yeah and that was an episode where charlie was the present assistant so they they they, they presently shot and but they were actually aiming at charlie huh. and so he just he only just found out that they were trying to kill him and uh, this older guy, sort of mentor figure, said to him, well, if they're shooting at you, you must be doing something right. This song is being used by by you and the band in, in a way that, that goes beyond just another release off the record. Can you tell us how this song actually relates to the war the Russian war of aggression in the Ukraine right now? Yeah, so we we were we announced our musical LPR project pretty much around the same time as Russia was invading Ukraine and and it felt we felt pretty useless. You know, we, we felt that this was a trivial procedure considering what was happening in the world. It really felt like the, the world was changing at that moment. Uh, and I think it was. I think it has. So it just happened that the first single came out, but this this song was due to be the second single hmm. in a in a few weeks. And we had the notion that because of the subject matter, because it was about the violent oppression of individuals and chaotic lives being ruined by violence and war, obviously we donated all the funds 
uh, from this song in perpetuity uh, to the Red hmm. Cross. I, I was pleased that because sometimes you got you always got to question your motives. You know, we felt that we this is all we could do at this point. I wasn't. I mean, we weren't going to go to Ukraine. We couldn't. You, you can say stuff on Twitter, but hmm. you know, there's only so much you can do practically. It was so interesting because this song was, as you say, written prior to to these events, or maybe concurrently. But it resonates in a in a really striking and and maybe an unexpected way. I think there's always. I mean, there's always going to be war, but there's always going to be, you know, there's always violent oppression. There's always people living lives that we can't right. we can't even imagine what they're going through or have gone through. I'd love to talk next about the song that closes out this this album a bit of previous. It's called Working Boy in New York City. There's a lot to love in this opening from the funky backbeat provided by the rhythm section to this kind of mesmerizing melody provided by a flute. What was the the genesis of, of this composition, Working Boy in New York City? This was actually the first song that I played to the band when we got down to the record properly mm. in Glasgow. And I said, okay, let's start. We got, I've got a new one here and it came came together quite quickly that Sarah playing the the flute it's I think it's some it's a sound that the band has been kind of toying with or aspiring to for quite a few years now to, to <laughs> be able to lay down a pretty decent sort of pop soul vintage sound and I, I've got I guess I've got confidence in that process now where I feel that uh, it can be that my voice can be adequately accommodated and I, I feel quite free to you know to sing yeah. that stuff uh, so I don't play any instruments I'm just singing on this let's listen to the chorus of Working Boy in New York City Is there a sense of, uh, I don't know, like nervousness trying something new, trying something that maybe doesn't conform to a Bell and Sebastian sound that audiences might have in their mind's eye? You you said you were maybe working towards pulling off these kind of more pop-oriented orient- grooves. What does it feel like to, to actually put that out into the world? Oh, I never feel... I never feel nervous. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a sign Good. of hubris, but I kind of you know <laughs> I've been through a lot in my life. I'm 53. I really don't care that much what people think about either me or the or the music <laughs> I do, it's, yeah. uh, or the music I'm involved in. And I, I think the the band yeah. feels kind of the the same way. We enjoy what we do. Also, as well, even if even if something does fall short or doesn't quite reach your aspirations sometimes that can be the most interesting things i so many mm. of my favorite groups mm. artists are people that in a sense are trying and failing 
at the music that they're doing. But it's it's fascinating and completely satisfying in its own way. The fragility becomes what you love about it. Well, that's, I, I love hearing that you don't care what people think. Something very strange happened yesterday. I, I, I started the day and I was on Instagram and, and, and someone I, I follow there had a meme on their Instagram story that was a, you know, a fake headline that said, man replaces Bell and Sebastian CD with Pantera CD <laughs> before dropping his car at the mechanics. <laughs> Maybe it should be the other way around, you know. Man replaces Pantera <laughs> CD with uh, Bell and Sebastian CD before going on a date. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. In a sense, we're up against it. We're like a a regressive gene or something that should disappear because people are kind of against it, you know. Or it but we, the thing is, we're we're still here. We ain't go, you know. We've been here for 20, 25 years, and we're still here. We're still talking to you. And we're still putting out records, and and so we, Absolutely. you know, we might be yeah. deeply uncool and a little bit fey, but um, we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Stuart, thanks so much for joining us on Switched on Pop. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, everyone. Switched on Pop is produced by Nate Sloan and Charlie Harding. Our editor is Jolie Myers. Our engineer is Brandon McFarland. And this episode was engineered and mixed by Veronica Simonetti. Iris Gottlieb does our brilliant illustrations. And Abby Barr is community manager. The executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Hannah Rosen. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. Find more of Switched on Pop anywhere you listen to podcasts or check out our website switchedonpop.com tell us what your favorite bell and sebastian tracks are at switched on pop on twitter and instagram and finally be sure to tune in next tuesday when we will dive deep into the magic mystery and mayhem of the eurovision song competition thanks for listening There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Socks brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.